Hi, and welcome to episode 80 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I'm Jane Jasbrowy, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and with me, as always, is... Mark Morell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. Hello, Mark. Hello, Jane. And what are we going to talk about today? Well, as we are very uh, diligently putting out all of this energy for early on a Friday <laughs> a morning... Friday morning. It's all fake. <laughs> seeming like we've been awake and at it for a while. Uh, so we've got a few things to go through, I think. Uh, in the past few weeks since our last episode, we have been out and about getting out to some You don't events. even have to put that on. That's how you say out and about. Out and about. Yeah. Out. We've been out and about. Out and about. We have been within the industry attending events. Right. So we got a few of those that we can talk a little bit about. We have our normal new courses that we can uh, share some updates on, mm -hmm. and we are just about to start on Best Fleets interviews. Just about. It's just probably next week. Well, actually, no, next Monday is my first one, so. Monday is the closing of nominations as mm -hmm. well, so why don't we start with that? So here we are uh, at the end of another nomination period yep. for Best Fleets, and uh when this episode comes out, uh, Monday will be the closing of nominations. And I don't know where we are. You're like um, 160? I think we were 164 or something like that yesterday when we were talking. So Respectable, but not a record. No, kind of as I expected. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be down a little bit uh, from last year. Last year had a lot of things pushing it. Uh, into record territory, not least of which being the insanity that was the industry with everybody scrambling and so much freight to be moved and like all of that stuff. So that pushes the numbers up. Things are a little softer now and the nominations go down a little bit as a result. So I think we'll probably end up, yeah, we may hit 170 or so, which is plenty. Uh, so my guess then is that we'll do, we'll still do over a hundred interviews. Uh, out of those because not everybody gets it all the way through the, to the interview some of the nominated fleets um, decline to participate some start and don't finish the questionnaire or just don't get it uh, booked in time but i think we'll still do over 100 interviews i think we'll be a little less than 100 okay we'll see who's right that'll be our next pool how many interviews do we end up doing this is what we've come to yeah so yeah it's looking very exciting uh some new blood in there which is great to see some new people that we haven't had participating mm -hmm. before nice to see uh, um, some different kinds of fleets some more uh, ltl fleets that are getting in there i think there's some tankers some uh, bulk people in there great and we also have a, a couple of new interviewers this year Several. some new blood on our side uh four new interviewers Oh, yeah. Selassie, Heather, Rick, and Trish. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting, too. Um, yeah, I think it'll be similar to last year where we trained a whole bunch of new people on the interview process and got them going through it. I mm -hmm. think it'll be similar. You know, everybody's always kind of amazed by how hard it is, like how much work it is, but also amazed at the things that they're learning and how much they forget by the end of it. I think everyone thinks that they can, they will have these clear memories of people who are doing these very wonderful things and, or very terrible things, one or the other. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think you're going to do. By the end of it, you barely know your name. Yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to make sure that you have everything documented and submitted and have all your fleet stuff done? Do they have pictures? Are they missing anything? 
Who do you have to call? What time zone is it in? Do you have the right time zone or are we going to have some mess up with, you know, calling at one or calling at two? Oh, the fun times. Well, it's funny. As, as you're saying that, I was thinking, yeah, we've kind of got it down to a pretty good science educating people on how to do the process. Mm-hmm. But I was also realizing yesterday as we were going through that kickoff with the new interviewers, how much we now have involved in the process. Because every year there's some little bit that we add into it. Well, it used to be, it was very simple. It was, let's arrange a a call and then we would do the interview over the phone and that was it. Then we moved into our system and they could complete the questionnaire. Oh, you mean, sorry, to go back a bit, this is how the entire process has evolved. So Mm -hmm. back in the day... No, let me finish my thought. Okay. So then for the, in that point, the interview was easy. Like for the interviewer, there wasn't much work to do. Then we moved it into our system. They would complete the questionnaire, tell us when they're ready. We would schedule the interview at that point. And again, for the interviewer, it was really all about just going through the questionnaire and being able to do the interview. Now it's not like that because now we've got this calendaring system that we use. So people have to set that up. And because we have a bunch of interviews, it isn't just you and me doing it, a bunch of interviewers. We have to have consistency in the messaging that we use. So we've got templates for all the messaging that we use to the participants. We've got templates for what the scheduling software looks like for everybody. So it all looks consistent. Uh, We now have all of these um, processes that we follow post-pandemic where everybody's on Zoom and we got pictures. So, okay, we got to take a screenshot of that and get everybody smiling. (laughs) We've got graphics that we give them when they've completed the interview. We've got a a box folder that we set up for them to upload their supporting documents or files or pictures, whatever. I'm going through all of this. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not just about the interview anymore. And this is all my stuff. So you sound when we're on that call, you sound very unimpressed by the whole thing. Well, these are all the things I forget about. Why can't we just be done with this call? Yeah. Can I just like call them, go through the questionnaire, get my questions answered and be done? (laughs) That's what you want to do. Well, and that's what I'm used to because. How are you used to that? Because it hasn't been like that for years. Well, except that I keep forgetting to do the screenshot. Oh, yeah. I'm like the only one who still does phone calls with the participants. And it's just sort of uh, by luck, I guess, we give people the option of doing a Zoom or Teams meeting or doing a phone call. And I still get people who want to do phone calls. So, okay, there's no screenshot to take. There's no social media aspect to that. Uh, But I I do still send them the interviewed uh, graphics and like all of these other things. So I follow the process. It's just we're getting to have a quite complex process every step of the way, because even like the nomination process, Used to be all we do is validate that they're eligible, that they're a real company and they're eligible. Well, now we have messaging that goes out there to keep them in the loop. We've got graphics that we give them to highlight that they're nominated. We've got a webinar that they can participate in to get their questions answered. There's a lot of stuff at every phase now. Yep. Yes, which is why we now have Trish. Yes. Who is our new Best Fleets. Program manager. Program manager. I was going to say manager and I was thinking that's wrong. I don't I don't remember everybody's titles. Best Fleet's manager, yes. Yes. Who's organizing it. So, yeah, she's going through the process right now of... This is her first, her first year. First year, and she's dividing up all of the participants amongst the interviewers and trying to balance uh, so that people get sort of a range of new and experienced participants. And uh, we start off with a certain list. Everybody has their assigned people, but then we know we're going to have to move them around as time goes on and we see what the schedules look like and who's available or not available and who decides not to participate, like all of those things change it. So we had this meeting with the interviewers for this year, I guess the new ones as well. 
Yeah, it was everybody. It was the old ones and the new ones. And I feel like half the half of what I need to say to them is, don't worry, it's okay, you'll get through this. This yes. It all seems like huge hose of information, but it will make sense. And it was good because Val, who is one of our interviews from last year, and she's doing it again, she was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. So that was good that, you know, everybody else could hear that. Here's a second year person and, and she's good. And she can still formulate a sentence. Yes. And it's OK. You have your recu- your recuperation time over the holidays and then you're good. Yeah. Well, we have been warning them for months that it is an insane period. So expect it. And so they are kind of expecting it. And I think we've got a good group of interviewers that'll do, I think, very well this year. Yeah, I think so, too. Although we will see what our next episode uh, tells us. The next episode of the podcast, we will be getting deep into the interview. Yeah, so. and we, I will have very little brain cells left to rub together. Yeah, so it's exciting, though. This is not a phrase that I normally say at this period. Normally you hear me stressing about, are we going to be able to get it all done? But after last year, we got it all done and we did just fine. So now I'm not so worried. We'll get through it. It'll be, it'll be all good. Yeah. Only took me 15 years. Yeah. How many years have I said, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And you're like, you know, running around with your nervous face on. Nervous face on. Yeah. Well, it was always fine. It was just what it took out of us to make it fine. Yeah. Now that we've got a, a good group of people doing it, I, I think, uh, I, I think I'm not so concerned. So. Okay. Now, that kind of scares me that I'm saying that because then I'm thinking, what am I missing? Knock on wood. Yeah. Am I cursing this? Um, anyway, I have my first interview with Newsbomb on Monday. Ah, yes. You're doing a training interview. I'm doing a training interview, which is for anybody who doesn't know, it's uh, we have some of the newbies on the call and they sit there and watch me do my interview and they'll do an interview with Mark and then they will wonder why they're so different. <laughs> And we'll tell them it doesn't matter. It's you. You do the way you do it the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. So how you approach people and how you have the. Co- and I mean, really, it's just personality, right? So you have a different personality in a meeting than I do. Yes, you are warm and inviting and disarming. And people tell you all their life stories. And I am I am different from that. And you are. How much time can I get this done by? Yeah. <laughs> do we have to be in this meeting at all? No, I get through it. I always get the information. No, but in meetings in general, Mm. you're like, okay, I think this meeting should be 10 minutes. I'm like, no, it should be 45. I'm always so anxious about wasting people's time in a meeting and going off on a tangent and people are thinking, oh, I got other things to do. Why do I need to be here? So I'm always worried about that. Well, the feedback that we get about our meetings is that they're not really useless. I mean, we do a lot of meetings ourselves and I don't think I think most of them are fine. Mm-hmm. I don't really, you know, if, if a meeting is useless, then I usually will tell you after or we'll talk about it after and kind of decide, yeah, well, we didn't need to do that and then change it and then see how that goes. And I've been doing that a little bit with our new graphics people because mm-hmm. it's it's really weird because I'm the graphics team that I had, the two women that work in content have just kind of been absorbed into the content team. So that was like not a problem. But now I have two additional graphic artists who are in who are not doing content, but sometimes they might do content or a little bit. So how do I do meetings? And I've been talking to my team lead, Bernice, about it. And it's like, so how do we keep track of what they're doing? How do we have meetings? What should we do? When do they talk to us about getting supported? Like when they don't have a good idea. 
so I think we're we're going to stick a meeting in there. Mm, interesting. If we were in person, I think I would probably just kind of have a stand-up. Yeah. I don't think stand-ups work with graphics. No, not well. Not until they're ready. They have to be ready, and I don't want to, you know, you don't want to make it forced. You don't want to force people to show their stuff when they're still fumbling around trying to find the idea. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, but basically the point is, is that you can always figure out whether a meeting is useful or not, kind of after the fact, and you can change it. Once it's too late, then you can change it. Well, no, you first have to go through the process of everybody going, so, and what do you want to have to say there? Yeah, when everybody's sort of muted on the Zoom and you're not getting any response. Yeah, we know what you all are doing. <laughs> Other work. Yeah. Uh, playing a game. Well, sometimes people are not really thinking, so you can see all of their ticket updates that are happening during the meeting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we see it. We know what you're doing. Yes. Well, sometimes they tell me. I know in my content team meetings, sometimes I'll say something about, oh, we have to do this, and then... Somebody goes goes and does it. Yeah, group updates and things. That's normal. Or, oh, we'll find this out later, and then someone finds it out now, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, you kind of have to let people during meetings, if it's not about their stuff specifically, you kind of have to let them go. I'm not really all that concerned about it as long as, as long as you know, everybody's getting something out of it. Mm. And generally... People get things out of it. People don't go to anywhere near as many meetings as we do. So I think I yeah. think that's the basic thing to remember. We're in meetings almost all day every day now. But it's mostly telling, like giving direction to other people. Yeah. and Who asked for the meeting. Yeah. And I don't have, uh, I don't have the sense that other people are in too many meetings. We do try and keep it minimized for them. Yeah. Those days where you're in the same, you're in, you're with the same people in three different meetings. Yeah. We don't have many of those anymore. I had one of those the, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, hey, but we've also, so we've started doing some interesting meetings because remember we're all remote. So, it, you know, if we're going to get together, it's a meeting. It's like, we don't have any other choice. We can't just sort of go hang out in the same room at some point. We have to, it has to be a scheduled thing. And what we've started doing, and we started doing it in content, um, on the content team to kind of make sense of the news, is we had this newsroom meeting every Friday where we talked about a couple of news items in the industry news. And that also will help the content. Well, actually, it helps everybody to sort of realize, you know, what's going on in the industry. So we had one about the Canadian uh, Driver Inc. problem, which is the problem of you know, whether independent contractors are really independent contractors and whether they're misclassified. We've had um, conversations about, oh, I can't remember. That was the only one I remember. Oh, the ELD mandate and whether that was effective or not. And the fact that there was more crashes now, but there's, you know, discussion about whether that's, you know, because of ELDs or because of other things during the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we had these meetings and then you liked the idea of those meetings. So now they're full staff. Yeah, I think we were just about to start that on when we were doing the last episode of this. And I think we did mention it. But uh, yeah, it's now expanded to include the full staff and we get good attendance. People come to just uh, go through it. Uh, Yeah, we have some sort of assigned stories uh, that come out midweek and we read through those if we haven't seen them already and then talk about them at the at the meeting on Friday. So And it's usually not that many people talking, but 
you and I usually have a bunch to say. Served as a really good opportunity for us to do kind of a brain dump of our knowledge and do that knowledge sharing, but in a way where there's some context. So it's not just people trapped in an elevator with us listening to us go on and on about something. Like they are now. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's relevant, right? There's a story, they can see some industry thing, there's some general discussion, then we can fill in some extra details and some backgrounds. Why this is a story. Yeah. You know, what happened a couple of years ago, that means that the story is kind of an extension of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it, it, I think it has been helpful. It's one of those things that you don't realize how much you know about the industry that that kind of the rest of the staff doesn't know. I had a conversation with Tiffany yesterday or the day before about um, we were talking about personal security, which is one of the courses that is is in it's in graphics right now and it's going to go to voice probably next week. So that's going to be coming out. And it's really just about keeping yourself safe. So it's a little bit about cargo theft, but it's also about, you know, people who might approach you, um, you know, what to do you know, how to how to park to stay safe, like just basically situational awareness. And um, there's some of the text is about CB radios. Mm. And don't talk about your don't talk about your cargo on is over CB and um, something like that. And there was a test question about it. And what I often find, and I've said this before, is that when you review the test questions, those test questions will tell you how good the content is or where there's a gap in the content. So I'm looking at this test question about CB radios and I'm thinking, yeah, but a lot of companies don't even use them anymore. Like that is like a that's like a owner operator independent contractor type thing and companies often like they don't have them in the trucks they aren't they don't need them anymore yeah they have phones they don't need them and so i was having this conversation with tiffany saying yeah we should just take this out or have something else but don't make it don't make it a focus because it really isn't a thing anymore and she's like oh oh i didn't know that well the modern version might be like don't advertise your location on social media or something like that that's a good idea. Oh, you know what? I'm going to add that in. Because that's the that's the same idea as how you're sharing. So instead of sharing and building a community on the CB now, they're building it on social media. That is a very good idea because I don't have that in the course and I'm going to put it in. Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany. Add that in. <laughs> well, it's actually Michelle's course. Okay, Michelle. Tiffany was doing edits, but now nah, Michelle, oh, maybe Michelle will touch it. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but. The graphics are in, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to have an audio script probably next week or the week after. Well, since you've transitioned into that, let's talk about new courses. So we've got a new personal security course. Now, this uh, I've been looking forward to for a while because mm-hmm. uh, I want to do some kind of press around not just that, but the mental health and sort of that package of titles that you've got that is really um, promoting sort of driver well-being, wellness on the road. It sort of builds on the healthy eating and fatigue and all of that kind of stuff that you had before. But this really gets to the heart of issues that have come up over the last couple of years, mental health, personal safety, security on the road, those kind of well, things. Well, we have we have a part which, which has been kind of missing. And I know that we had um, customers saying, you know, can we get a course on this about what to do when you're in the middle of a protest? Mm. And... Um, at the time that it came up, I think it was 2020, 2019 or 2020, when the Black Lives Matter and those other that so trucking was getting stuck in these protests. And um, 
and didn't really didn't know what to do. And in Canada, I was sort of like, yeah, that's never going to happen in Canada. <laughs> like, why do I need to? This is just a blip on the horizon. And why do we need to have anything? And I was like, eh, I don't know. It's an American thing. And then, uh, then we had all these convoy idiots in February. It's like, OK, I think we probably need something. Well, in both cases, like. I don't know. I still wonder how you end up getting stuck there because they don't like spontaneously appear. Yeah, but you know, and sometimes you're just not aware of what's happening in the world and you're just kind of involved in your own stuff and you're just going mm. back and forth. You're not listening to the radio. You're not listening to the news. You're listening to podcasts or, or you know, music or just watching DVR shows and stuff like that you just miss stuff sometimes mm. like every so often you come in and say oh did you hear about this and i'm like no because hmm. i wasn't paying attention i was yeah okay doing something else people don't know who won whatever election happened because they don't care it's you know yeah so i can totally see people just unwittingly and it could be that the pro protest has moved further out than what it was supposed to be. And like you, you make a left and all of a sudden, oh crap. You plan your trip to avoid it, but they move and you end up, yeah, too close to it. Okay. Which is why part of the course says like, keep track. If there's a protest in the area that you're in, keep track of it. Like listen to the news because that will tell you, it will give you warning that if you're going by a Capitol building or a parliament building or stuff like that, or something like that, then it will let you know where people are tend to be around some of those or in main streets. Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of the same thing like with tornadoes and other sort of inclement weather that you have to avoid. You have to stay on top of it and make sure you plan your trip and have contingencies to reroute if the direction changes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of that. Now, I think that there should be, you know, planners need to be aware of that as well. But mm -hmm. You know, when you're out on the road, you're you're kind of out on the road and whatever happens, happens and things change course and things, you know, things don't go according to plan. So that's um, that's coming. And uh, the person who asked for it uh, liked the storyboard. So he was happy okay. with what we have. So that's good. I was glad that I was able to kind of put it into a course, like not just about protests, but like a bigger picture of, you know, staying safe. Well, that's how we want to approach all of these subjects is not just have this tiny little narrow focus, but broaden the uh, perspective and have a bit of a holistic approach to solving the problem at a, at a larger level. Did we talk about zombies last time? Oh, yeah. 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 So that went out. That yeah. was uh, that was fun. Mm -hmm. The social media has been fun. Yep. And I, th I think uh, when we were at the Fleet Safety Count cancel conference, I was like, I don't care if anybody likes it. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> this was for me. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have personal security that's uh, coming soon, uh, which is very good. Um, been requested for a while. We have the zombies that are out. Uh, they have uh, taken over and uh, now truckers can uh, learn how to be safe. In a zombie apocalypse. And what else have you got? Oh, winter driving. I see that one is out. Winter driving has, uh, we have a, a revamp of the winter driving course, which is a lot more, there's a lot more detail in there and there's a lot more information um it looks a lot better too so that's going to be that's in final qa now so that should be going out i don't know next week this week okay well if it's this week it'll it's friday so it'll probably be next week 
Early November. Yeah. So now customer experience is going to be figuring out how to manage that because like some people want the old one, like it's, it needs to be replaced in a, in a, because it's a replacement course. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be done in a particular way. We also need to get it translated. So I want to have it out for at least a week before it gets translated. Yeah. And um, we have bloodborne pathogens, which is going to be in French is in French and Spanish. Nice. Yep. So we're doing a little bit of a re, we changed the, we updated the template on the English version. And so now we took the opportunity to do French and Spanish. And so that's done because it's the shortest course that we, I think we have. Um, Spotted Lantern flies out, um, which I thought was really hilarious because Saturday Night Night Live actually had a Spotted Lantern fly bit, Mm -hmm. which was really surreal because I often, so Saturday Night Live is not really a trucking, like they don't deal with trucking very much. And so it's like two separate universes and they completely collided when this somebody was being a spotted lanternfly. So if you're interested in what they did, it was very surreal. Just go and Google SNL spotted lanternfly. But apparently in New York, it's been insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's becoming a bigger issue in more places. Well, apparently they're here now in Ontario. Have they been found in Ontario? I saw that they've been upstate New York, but I didn't see that they'd crossed the border yet. There's like the first people are, the first signals that they might be in Ontario are happening. Mm. Happening. So either someone has sent out a warning or someone has mentioned it. I can't remember what it was that made me think, oh no, they're here. But it was something like that on online because mm. I live online. Um, so we have, we have that, um, now you've got a bunch more stuff on tanker and auto hauler. You said too. Yes. Tanker and auto hauler. Now that's not out. It's it's probably going to be January or February for those. It's just in development right now. Right. And more, it's crazy. It just kind of all the tanker stuff kind of happened at once. So auto hauler, we've got vehicle inspection, cargo inspection, and we're doing a loading and unloading course, which I'm I would like to be out in December, but depends on how crazy best fleets are. Um, but we are, that one, I think the storyboard is done. We are also working on a tanker inspection course and a tanker defensive driving course, which will be based on the other course, but it'll be more, you know, geared towards the kinds of maneuvering that you have to do in a tanker. We're also going to start like right now we are revamping our TDG course. So that has been in the works right right now. And that one, the right, the generic one is ready to go. And the way that we've revamped it is with the changes that are coming to transportation of dangerous goods, which is going to be that you have to have a general course that everybody takes and then you have to have a function specific course, which drivers or um, people who handle people who like dispatch or um, like all of the other departments have to have different ones depending on what their role is. So we're working on the driver one and we're we're going to be able to split it in half we're all, we also are kind of tracking the changes that are being talked about so I believe that there is talk about adequately cha- trained is going to change to a different term I can't remember but it, it's changing and Tiffany has all of this all you know wonderfully documented in the storyboard so those those changes we have we're aware of them and we are going to make them we're just 
um, right now we've got that course that's nearly ready. And I think we're ready for, for voice for that. And then next week, we're going to start working on a version for class three. That was my long-winded way of saying we are now finally, finally ready to start looking at individual classes because we've changed the way that we've changed the TDG course is going to be a lot easier for us to make versions that are only one class. So fuel haulers really don't want, you know, they don't care about batteries. Yeah, they don't care about class nine. They don't care about when they might care about class eight, but probably, you know, they're really focused on class three. And we can do a fuel haulers version, which we'll talk about the compartments, um, maybe have a little bit of, uh, so the compartments in a, in a, trailer talk about um when you and i can never remember this term but as you deliver as you make deliveries and the volume goes down updating the shipping document and how that's supposed to look that kind of thing so we'll be able to do that um we'll be starting work on that nice probably next week or the week after so we're doing that have we got anything else that's out oh french drug and alcohol should be out we found that we had this major, well, it wasn't a major bug, but it was a bug that Firefox on a PC showed, didn't have the same size font as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, that was a weird technical issue that took a while to get to the bottom of. But Firefox displays standard fonts just a tiny bit bigger than anybody else does. So Chrome on a PC shows the, the fonts at the right size. On the Mac, they all show the right size, but Firefox on a PC shows standard fonts, not all fonts, just the basic ones like Arial uh, shows them all just a little bit bigger, which threw off all of the layout and so many of these pages of these courses, particularly in French, where it is often pretty tight anyway, and it just made a mess of it. So Yeah, and they also show fine on Edge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Edge is fine. It was everything but Firefox, and usually Firefox is really dependable. Mm -hmm. But they're, so it's all the fonts that you know and love from Microsoft, Arial. Tahoma, Verdana. Yeah, you know the, you know the list. Yeah. Um, Impact, all of that stuff. And Arial was showing a little bit bigger and that was our default font. So we actually are changing our default fault font to an Arial lookalike. Mm -hmm. So it will look like Arial. It will be the same font. No one will notice the difference, but... Technology will know the difference and it will actually display the fonts correctly on a PC using Firefox. Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> Never ends, does it? The, the weird technical stuff that I have to sink my teeth into that I really don't want to. <laughs> like, I don't care. Come on, Firefox, update. Like, it's, the problem is that Firefox is using old code, apparently. Yeah. It has an old old rendering engine, but only for some fonts. Only for Microsoft fonts. Yeah. Yeah. Very specific. Well, not all Microsoft fonts. Like the, a list that are basically the standard fonts. Hilarious. Yeah, they'll update that at some point and it'll be fixed. A week after we go live with all this. So it will show, you will not see, you know, unless you're using Firefox on a PC, you won't notice the difference. It's very specific. I'm just trying to think if there's a, oh, we're also, I was also working on the Truckers Against Trafficking courses that are going to be coming out for um, in-home uh, delivery and for... A local. Yeah, local drivers. Yeah, local drivers and moving in in-home. That actually, somebody mentioned uh, last week, or in, yeah, in the past, um, at MCE, where I was uh, this past week, 
somebody mentioned that. One of the customers that came by uh, mentioned specifically that course because that was the kind of work that they do. They're In-home delivery? I can't remember if it was local or I think it was moving and in-home or home delivery that they do a lot of work there. And so they're very happy to have that course. And I was like, wow, if somebody, I found that to be kind of a very specific niche kind of course. And we will had, we'll add all of the TAT courses as they put them out. Uh, but I was really surprised to see so quickly after announcing it that that is something that uh, somebody was looking forward to. One of the things with TAT is that, so this is a really weird thing. Usually when people have custom content, we just, you know, upload it and then, you know, it runs in whatever your environment is. But because everybody, like we have TAT these courses and we want to have them for everybody, we actually put them into our our course development template. And that's where some of the work has been going on because the way our, because we don't run, like, The TAT training is a movie. We don't do movies like that. We have movies playing on a page. So we had to revamp it so that the movie would play on the page properly and then bookmark and do all of that stuff. And and so it would work the way that people expect it to work, Mm -hmm. which is a little different. But it'll be nice now that we have that so we can put other content Mm -hmm. that's just movies on the system. Mm hmm. Um, there's been so much that we've been working on. Well, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I don't need to tell you anymore because even if there is more stuff, well, what you have to do is make sure that you follow our Twitter feed or follow us on LinkedIn so you get to see the hype reels. Mm -hmm. The hype reels are something that we've started six months ago, maybe eight months ago, something like that. It's been in the last year, but they're great because they will show all the courses that are coming out, all the translations that are coming out. I'm also doing hazmat in Spanish. Nice. And I'm also going to be doing 160K um, HOS 160 kilometer radius in French. So people have been asking for that. So we're getting that translation done. And um, the hype reels will tell you what is happening. And they're fun. They also include events and other points of interest. Yeah. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen anything about the zombies, then go and look at, go and check out Carrier's Edge. Or the YouTube, our YouTube channel has it as well. Yeah. So we have a new YouTube channel, which has all this stuff on it. Well, new a year ago. That's new in trucking. (laughs) (laughs) New in trucking is five years. Yeah. As long as you have five years and under, you know, medium term, like to be, to be around for a long time in trucking is over 30 years. (laughs) Because we've only been here for 15. We're like kind of teenagers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, aren't you cute? You you think, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, that's where we are. Um, but the hype reels are fun. So if you are, because obviously we've been, uh, we've been erring on the side of fun lately. Well, there's so much focus on training as sort of a punishment or like, I hate this whole corrective action or oh, yeah. you know, must finish this before you can get dispatched. I just hate that top to bottom. So I am pushing on people every chance I get that this should be an enjoyable experience. Now, the idea that training uh, should be something that is enjoyable, that is uh, entertaining, it's engaging, that you feel good at the end of it, like that really is something that we just can't overstate, I think. What, I think one of the things or one of the advantages that I, that I have or that Carrier's Edge has is that we have young writers mm-hmm. or we have young creators. So you get, you know, they're going to entertain themselves no matter what. So they do what they like. Yeah. They're not going to do something that they find is boring. I'm, you know, I'm 
I am constantly, you know, the push is to tell stories and stories are just that much more engaging than anything else. And the images that we're putting into the courses are images that are, you know, are supposed to be engaging. They're supposed to make you pay attention and not sit through a course that you've sat probably if you've been in the industry for 20 or 30 years that you've sat through a billion times. Here's a new take on it. And I think that is kind of how we've been moving Mm-hmm. And because we have more, we have more graphic artists, so we have the ability to do it. And we do have a bit of a deranged sense of humor. <laughs> and I know at least there's a couple of my writers who have deranged senses, senses of humor. So, um, well, the, the guy who wrote the zombie course, definitely. Rick is not, Rick is unusual. <laughs> so <laughs> anything he writes is going to have, I have to make sure uh, when I edit his stuff to make sure that it's like, eh, yeah, okay, you're going to stay on this side of, of deranged. But we, we want to have people's characters come out. We want to have fun with it. And it's going to engage younger drivers as well. You know, it may be, it may be more difficult for people to accept change when they've been around for a few decades, but if you want new blood in the industry, you've got you've to change up how you're doing things. Well, even if people have been around for a while, and like you say, they've gone through these courses many times, mm-hmm. you know, a defensive driving course, a vehicle inspection course, a logbooks course, you know, winter driving even, like most people have gone through these a few times. So how do you mix it up so that it's something that's fresh? You, you've got to have a different approach so that there's something new in there. And People may love it. They may think it's okay. They may hate it, but they'll remember it. And that's Mm -hmm. what we want. That's definitely what we want. So There's really only so many ways you can say slow down in the winter. Slow down on slippery roads. Yeah. the, The heavier you are, the more you should slow down. And yeah, there's only so many ways to say it if people don't know it already. So you may as well be entertaining. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's, uh, Let's close out this section, uh, close out this episode by talking for a few minutes about some of the events we've been at. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as a company, we've been to three different events in the past three weeks, I think. So I just uh, came back from the ATA um, MC&E Management Conference and Exhibition in San Diego. A few days before that, Courtney was at the Atlantic Province's uh, annual meeting and truck show. And then I think the week before that, we were all, uh, a bunch of us were at the Fleet Safety Council in Toronto annual conference there. So nice to be back in person for all of these. Uh, ATA was really interesting for me. It's the first one we've been to since 2019, first in person. And the last time we were there in person, it was also in San Diego. So it was kind of weird. It was sort of, yeah, I was almost like I hadn't left, uh, except that our booth was in a different spot this time. But that's you know when when you're used to things moving around, like events moving around like that, and you go twice and when it is weird. Yeah, but it was a really good, uh, really good event. Some great sessions. Uh, the general sessions were fantastic. Really good session on the economy and looking not just specifically at trucking, but the broader economy and the broader economy around the world. So that's cool. We got to see how you know what we deal with in the trucking space is influenced by all of these factors that uh, are you know, very far away in totally different industries, but they can make a big difference. And that's certainly something that people have felt over the past couple of years with the inability to get new equipment because there's no chips available. You know, So all of these things have a ripple effect. And so that was a really good session. 
uh, that we uh, had on that. Another really good session with the uh, U.S. Uh, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, talking about parking and uh, a lot of the infrastructure things that are part of that bill. And he was making a very good point that this new infrastructure act that they've got with all of this, I don't even know how many billions in funding for infrastructure, roads and bridges. And uh, at the state level, there are, I think, a significant amount of those funds are available for truck parking specifically. So truck parking really? qualifies for those. So they made a point of including that in the act. So he's spending some time going around to all the states and saying, you know, you can use this for parking because it's a huge issue and they see it as much as everybody else sees it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's very cool. Yeah. Had a really good discussion about decarbonization. So not really moving, you know, not totally a green kind of panel, but a session on removing carbon from uh, the industry. And um, yeah, really good comments from the uh, president of Cummins, who's obviously very committed to, seemed to be very committed to electric, uh, electric engines and how to get there. Uh, So I thought that was uh, really good, really good content there. And of course, the nicest thing about these events most of the time is all the people that you get to see. So we get to check in with a lot of partners. Um, a lot of uh, insurance partners, our dash cam integration partners, different resellers. So that was uh, really good. And lots of people had very big booths there. So there's a lot of people that have marketing budgets that they had obviously uh, committed to this show and committed to their booths uh, before the economy started to shift and insurance or interest rates went up. Uh, so a lot of a uh, lot of things that were much bigger than normal that I will be very curious to see if that continues, if we see that in the spring or at other shows. But I suspect this was sort of the pinnacle, you know, first show back. Yeah. But and sort of the tail end of all of that uh, cheap money that made it real easy to get a big booth. So we'll see what happens. But the attendance was very good. Uh, everybody was very engaged. Lots of people coming by to see us. So lots of customers coming by and talking about their experiences, which was really nice as well. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, Courtney was able to do, to see a lot of our partners in. Uh, At the Atlantic Trove. Yeah, she uh, she visited a bunch of uh, customers there and was sort of picking their brains about how things are going and what they need and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. And she had massive lobster fest, as they do. And nice uh, shout out to Maggie from Gallagher because we someone finally met Maggie. Yes. I don't. Have you ever met Maggie in person? I thought I had, but then I saw the picture and I'm like, no, that's not the person that I met. So yeah. I'm going to say no. I don't think I have. Yeah. So this is what's nice about getting back out there. A lot has changed in sort of three years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to going out to see these people, it's like, oh yeah, I, you finally get to meet people. A lot of people have moved to new jobs in that time. So we get to see how things are going at their new place. And we may have spoken to them or had some email back and forth, but haven't had a lot of opportunity to actually see people. And I think that Courtney needs a rest. Yeah, so shout out to Courtney, who got pushed out of her comfort zone on the social side uh, for like a week and a half straight. Doing the Atlantic, the APTA show, and then going straight to MCE, Mm -hmm. which is... And San Diego, uh, it wasn't just hanging out with me, but Selassie, who is a very sociable person and who dragged her out to a variety of social events... (laughs) They stayed to the end of the Walker Hayes concert, uh, which they beat me because I was gone after about the third song. Yeah, well, we're old. Yes. 
we are old and yeah, I've stayed to the end of those concerts before and I was kind of burned out by that. There was then. apparently a lot of people who didn't who didn't stay to the end. So uh, they had a couple hundred, I would say. Yeah. Well, when I left there was a couple hundred people there. But out of the, you know, three thousand in total that were registered, it sort of shrinks and shrinks on the last day. But that's kind of normal. That's yeah, how it goes. It is normal. And so next week, we've got a few other events uh, in the October, November, November cram of events is in full swing because I'm at the Ontario Trucking Association for their one day event. You are off to Ottawa for a CVSA event. On, yes. What is that one about? That one is the CVSA does a, I think they do an annual meeting, which is in different places to kind of review the review some of the regulations and this one is about cargo securement so it's going to be all cargo securement for the entire day and it's probably going to be people talking see i've never been so i don't know i've never been to a cvsa event so i'm kind of looking forward to it and i'm going to go with tiffany because it's in her hometown so we may as well Mm -hmm. and um so I think it's more, more about how the regulations need to change for different for different types of trucking or, you know, different, you know, there's something about the first session is about dirt. So it's about mm. you know, hauling dirt. I'm just envisioning somebody with like a flatbed with piles of dirt on it and tie downs. <laughs> with tie downs? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, when you say cargo securement, I always think flatbeds and tie downs. No, it's cargo securement can be, I mean, if anything leaves your truck. I know, it can be a a bulk trailer with a a tarp over the top. Yeah, but they're also going to be talking about working load limit and things like that. So I, there's like 12 different parts to it. So it's just one day. So I'm going to take the train, which I love to do. I love taking the train. And I know you would never want to do it. I can only take the train if I'm going by myself. I wouldn't mind a train. That's not a bad train ride because it's not that long. Yeah. And I've got, I'm going business class. So I've got Wi-Fi and food. Yeah. Train is like more, is it's cheaper than uh, like a regular flight anyway, or it's about the same. Think that I could probably get a flight. Eh. Not like that. I mean, you could get a flight where you're in the back with all the luggage and the cargo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably for a hundred bucks each way. It's actually kind of piggybacking on the CCMTA meeting, which I uh, I might drop into. Mm. I don't know if that's something I want to see, unless I went to the whole thing. But you have to be a member to go to a lot of it. So, and we're not members, so I'm I'm not gonna. But I do want to see. You know, I'll get the chance to see. Tiffany face to face, I'll get a chance to, you know, go and check out what CVSA events are like and uh, get some information about possible changes that we may have to do to some of our courses or even, you know, writing a new cargo securement course for a specific type of cargo. Different class or something. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we have been busy and we are going to continue being busy. We are busy. going to continue to be busy. Busy, busy, busy. I think with that, we can probably wrap up this episode. Yes. And happy Halloween to everybody. Happy Halloween to everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.